Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, friends. Are you struggling to attract and retain top talent? If you're worried about recruiting and retention, consider Insperity, a leading HR provider. They'll help you improve hiring and compensation practices so you can spend more time growing your business and less time on HR. Visit Insperity.com and download their free ebook on how to build your dream team. Don't let a lack of talent hinder your success. See how Insperity provides HR that makes a difference at Insperity.com. Welcome to another Pro Football Doc Podcast, Sports Injury Central. Very, very, very super special guest today, the great Jerry Ezon. And let me explain why we're having him on and this whole thing. First of all, the man is a legend. He's been doing a lot of things in life, publishing books and as a great doctor, but he was on the sidelines with me with the then San Diego Chargers for a long, long time. And we had a lot of fun. And I thought it'd be fun to bring him on today because A, we like to give each other a hard time, but B, give him some credit for some of the work he's been doing for Sports Injury Central and C, address some topics today for medicine, you know, including like this 40 days of fasting and Russell Okung and Dr. Ezon's big in uh, weight loss and uh, different things. Uh, so Dr. Jerry Ezon, the great Jerry, as we called him, um, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, uh, Dave, if I could call you that. Um, yeah, we uh, <laughs> have a lot of stories. Some of them are true, but uh, always I've liked to uh, compliment, you know, what you do. And as I joke, you're the light. I'll, I'll try to be your mirror, but um, I think, um, you know, through it all, I think we've helped a lot of people. And that's our goal is to improve access. Well, here's the thing that I think people don't understand. People sometimes talk about, um, well, you were, uh, you know, people say, well, I, I, I'm the team physician. No, no, no. There's no such thing as one team physician. Uh, I don't think people realize this. All NFL teams travel typically three physicians to every road game. The number one question I think people ask is, do you, that I used to ask me is, do you go to road games? I'm like, 
well, it's the same game on the road as it is at home. So if they don't need you on the road, do they really need you at home? Now, I think it's fascinating that hockey physicians don't travel. Part of it is it's so many games until the playoffs. The NBA didn't travel until the playoffs until more recently. And baseball never, even now for playoffs might travel, but in general don't. But football, three physicians always. And, and when you were the head medical doctor, you always traveled with me, made me smarter. And look, I didn't do any concussion checks. You did. <laughs> you took the, the heat on uh, all of it. We can tell some of those stories too. I mean, uh, you were threatened to be beaten up once because you told a guy he couldn't go back into the game, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we won't mention names due to HIPAA. I didn't mean to traumatize um, no. you there. But one of the things I try and tell people, and this will be a great example of it, is that I'm an orthopedist. I'm an orthopedic surgeon. I'm a bonehead. I'm a bone doctor. Guys like Dr. Ezon make me smarter. But the reason why that often I end up talking about other areas directly outside of orthopedics is, yes, the vast majority of injuries related to sports are orthopedic sports medicine in nature. But when we talk about asthma or head injuries or cardiac issues or cancer, a lot of the times what I'm doing is gathering the information and being the point man for the team or the player. And I gather the information from guys like Dr. Ezon, who are a lot smarter than I am. I know a lot about a little, the orthopedic field, but it's sort of like an in-house counsel attorney. I don't need to be a specialist in patent law, but I can go find out and interpret for the executives at the company. I can interpret for the ownership, GM, coaches, and the player the uh, opinions of people like Dr. Ezon, and he's got a network of people beyond that too. And I think that's the theory is that, you know, just like there is a team, we take care of a team, but we have a team in and of ourselves. And there's a new uh, push in uh, what's called uh, population health and, um, you know, the new uh, models of medicine where it's team-based care, um, you know, and I'm, I'm talking about like in my office, I'd have my, my nurses, my front person, all of those folks, but just on the sidelines, you know, we'd have an optometrist, we had um, anesthesia. So yeah, no, it was a, a lot of fun. And, and that was a very exciting thing to learn that, you know, because I've been in high school for a long, long time, and you literally are kind of on your own at the high school, and I applaud anyone who's doing it at the lower levels. But at the highest level, um, you really want to have, remember, we had the red hat guy, you might want to talk about that kind of thing, you know, it's just, you need to have those people. And everyone, as you say, stays in their lane to do what they do, and not get not, not let the lights get too bright that you focus on patient care. Yeah, that's what I always tell the fellows and people that are there, like, we're there, the it's sports medicine, the sports side is going to get you, but don't let the medicine get you. You got to do good medicine. And, um, you know, let's, let's get into it. For example, Jerry, he doesn't, Jerry doesn't look that old, but we're both old enough that we were around before there was a red hat. We were before around before there was a trauma specialist, emergency guy. We were around before the neuro uh, trauma consultants. We were around before uh, the emphasis on concussions, right? And uh, we were around when they when it started to be emphasized and, and realized. And this leads into Damar Hamlin. That's why when Damar Hamlin went down, I was like, there's no better place to collapse than an NFL field other than perhaps in the emergency room of a hospital. 
because you have 20 plus medical professionals, uh, the, the physicians that are there, the neutral physicians, the physicians from both teams and the athletic trainers. And I, and people were saying, right, Jerry, uh, why aren't they loading him in the ambulance and going? Because they're stabilizing him. Look, if you're in a country road and it's just the two ambulance, the two paramedics driving, one driving the ambulance and one, you know, attending, even then they try and stabilize before one guy starts to drive the ambulance to the hospital. So that's what they were doing. They, even when they loaded him in the ambulance on the field, that was the big delay. But I, one thing, Jerry, you helped me a lot for, and I want to make sure you get a lot of credit for this. When DeMar Hamlin happened, and maybe our producer will clip in or link some of the... We, I, I didn't want to stay any, say anything because I felt like... I mean, I had a pit in my stomach, right? I mean, the way that he got hit and it clearly wasn't head and then he subsequently collapsed. There was a pit in my stomach in the sense that I was worried about him. It was clearly cardiac. And who knows? He kind of went down, you know, and it was clearly cardiac and he could have died, right? And so I didn't want to do anything. But then in talking to Dr. Ezon about it and what it might be, and also feeling like if we can't comment on this live national TV and bring something to the table, then really what are we doing, right? Because we're in a unique position. And what we arrived at, I think, was no better place to collapse, so he's getting good care. What we arrived at, there's a good reason the ambulance didn't leave and it's the right thing. Um, ultimately, you know, I opine that it was a good thing that there were ESPN reports that the ambulance stopped to pick up mom. Now, I'm not saying they stopped just to pick up mom. Probably they stopped to do something in the tunnel and then mom was there knocking on the door or something. And But they let mom ride with DeMar Hamlin, which is a great sign because if it were touch and go they you wouldn't have ever done that but the most important thing i want to give jerry credit for is um commotio cordis at sports injury central and you can go back to the twitter live and i apologize for the emotion for it we use the words commotio cordis first and defined it not to try and diagnose him but just to say what it might be this perfectly timed trauma to the chest. And uh, it turns out that's what it was. And and uh, look, uh, that was way back in my medical school days. I've probably forgotten about it. So I have to give Dr. Ezon credit for discussing the possibility of commotio cordis with me before going on that Twitter live. So there you go. Do credit. Uh, you're the first one to come up with that concept. And this is why we said that Look, I clearly it was more than just commotion cortis because he had some sort of lung issue because he was intubated for so long, right? And the the most famous case of commotion cortis was that hockey player, right? He had commotion cortis in the Stanley Cup Finals and came back to play almost the next game, right? Uh, that was right. pure commotion cortis. But so Jerry, I wanted to give you kudos for that. That uh, you made me sound like a really smart guy. Well, that's uh, my guy. You are a very smart guy. I think something about Harvard and stuff. But, uh, you know, we as a, I'm, so I'm a primary care sports. And a lot of the uh, listeners may not know that there's, so sports medicine, as I joke, it is more medicine. There is the orthopedic side of it. 
uh, but especially for those of us in what's called primary care sports medicine, and that's what I teach in our fellowship in sports medicine. You know, you could be uh, family medicine, internal medicine, emergency medicine, gynecology. You could do, uh, you know, we have some other folks, but you know, uh, physical medicine rehabilitation. But uh, our big deal is the cardiac and the brain are the two that we fear the most. And uh, we do see that uh, commotion cordo in um, uh, lacrosse, especially, um, but also uh, obviously in uh, hockey and some of these other and softball, baseball, those sort of things. So that's that's what it made me think of. Again, we hadn't really seen that in football, let alone foot, pro football. Uh, but that's was always in when I'm on the field, one of our worries, because it just has to do, as you know, timing is everything. If it's just on this R on T phenomenon that hits the EKG just right, um, that's how you kind of get this. Um, and now with um, football, at least they have a lot of padding and, and the, um, the forces are kind of spread out. But with, say, uh, lacrosse especially, it's a very hard ball. And I encourage you guys to look at what hockey, what lacrosse players actually wear, which is really almost nothing. And uh, that they get this um, actually a lot more than other the sports, at least. This was just at our national meeting um, in uh, Phoenix about our American Medical Society of Sports Medicine. So it is on the radar. That's why it's good that they had defibrillators. And uh, timing is, again, everything. That The sooner they can get them with the defibrillator, the better the chance he has. So I do um, I sort of agree with what they did is that they, they had all of the folks there. They didn't really need to leave to go to the specialist. They had the specialist there. They did the right thing. Uh, it was just uh, amazing that they were able to uh, literally save his life. And, and we're very, very happy for that and his family. Well, two other things that have come out of that. Number one, we waited until he left the hospital before opining that it would be his option to return to NFL football if he wanted to. And that's where he's at right now. He's been cleared to return. He's not done everything yet, but he's able to. And the other thing, I actually, Jerry, I actually caught a lot of grief for this. I said, it's great that he's got a toy drive for kids. As you know, the, the shop with a jock, uh, say out toy drive that we did for years and so forth. I think that's a great thing to help underprivileged kids. But he was raising so much money. I was like, you know, how about some AEDs and other things? Uh, and uh, and now he's doing that with American Heart Association and doing AED and CPR education. And so really a lot of kudos out to him. I mean, he's helped. Hopefully we'll never, ever need it. But, uh, you know, in my son's pony baseball, he's 10, but there's different levels. Uh, we've actually now got uh, a bunch of AED machines at each of the faraway fields. And maybe it'll come in handy for grandpa one day or me or a little kid who's 12 and gets struck in the chest by a fastball right and just at the wrong time and so the aed devices they're easy to use and if anything this is a commercial infomercial call to action for aed devices and don't be intimidated you literally if you're in an emergency you brought it someone don't know how to use it and if someone doesn't the instructions are very easy you literally slap it, it, actually, talk, it actually talks to you so it yes, talks to you it tells you what to do you don't even have to read anything and you slap the pad on and follow the instructions it's very very yeah, simple. Those are listening if you are in that situation time is of the essence so uh, it's better to use it and not not and not have it go off you know because you may not know exactly but just put it on it'll read it it won't shock the person unless it needs to so um, it's, but, but especially with this situation, what the studies have shown, at least what they presented, that is very important to get that defibrillation uh, as quick as possible uh, to have the best outcome. So 
I know your time is limited. I'm between cases. You're at lunchtime between patients here. Uh, people, quick topic, and then we'll get to the main topic I wanted to do. You know, John Mechie and Foster Moreau, I think kudos to the doctors who diagnosed them with the leukemia slash lymphoma and they're curing them and they're back to play and the whole deal. But that's what you did. I mean, I know you can't say names. I mean, uh, even to coaches for physicals and for team personnel, as well as for family members. So I'm not going to ask you to comment on their care or treatment because it's a different thing. But let's talk about Russell Okung. Look, he's a big offensive lineman tackle. And recently, he made a lot of news saying he lost over 100 pounds from a 40-day fast. So first of all, you know this, Jerry. I mean, football players in general, and especially offensive linemen, they basically never stay the same way. They either get skinnier or get bigger, right? If there's someone fighting to keep off weight, they get bigger. If there's someone fighting to put on weight, they get skinnier through their own desire and health, but also their body metabolism. Our friend Nick Hardwicker Center, he's notable for getting a lot skinnier in a big workout program. So Russell Okung is a lot skinnier. That's awesome. But talk to us, 40-day fast, is it even feasible? Is it even possible? Is he lying? Can someone go hungry for that long? And the weight loss, is it healthy? Talk about this 40-day fast that Russell Okung says he just went on. Right. Yeah, so um, fasting is one of the oldest things around. I mean, it goes back way back to Plato and all of those things. Um, the, the number one thing, and again, I don't know how long you want me to go, because uh, as Dave knows, I, I sometimes go on and on. But in general, <laughs> it really has to do with fuel. So um, you have to understand that our body is a hybrid. It, it, it can go off of carbs. You know, you can burn what's called glycogen in your liver. And then uh, once you're through that, then you switch over to burning fat. And a lot of people have heard about the marathon where, and I've done six of those where you, you know, you go as long as you can on the glucose, and then you have to switch over to fat metabolism. The problem is that fat metabolism takes a little while. So fasting, you know, I was just looking it up because um, I'm a big uh, fan of Jason Fung. He's uh, probably the, the biggest fasting guru. He has a lot of good books out there. Um, a, a pretty fun one is called Life in the Fasting Lane. But he talks about the longest fast recorded and it's actually in the Guinness Book of Record. They don't do it anymore because they don't want people to break the record uh, because it could be dangerous if they're not under control. But it was actually a year and 27 days. The guy went from 456 pounds down to 180 pounds. Now, he was wow. under medical supervision, and the biggest thing in all of this is your electrolytes because the one thing to understand, when you stop eating, understand you're, getting, you're not eating, especially you're not eating carbohydrates, hydrate meaning water, so you'll get what's called a naturesis, and I like to use big words that sometimes Dave uh, you know, is impressed with, but it just means you are peeing away water and salt. And so if you lose electrolytes, and that's what it is, and you lose water, now you're dehydrated. That's why people who try to fast without you know, kind of thinking it through get lightheaded and dizzy. So if you have water and salt, you can go as long as your body has fat stores. So, and the big thing is a lot of people, especially in the fitness area, go, oh no, I got to eat my six meals a day. As soon as I get up, I eat and then, and then I got to have my breakfast and then I have a snack and, and you're just snacking six or seven times a, a day. That's if you're on a carb-based diet. And I use the analogy in my family practice of like, it's like uh, the uh, fire, uh, you know, sort of um, lighter fluid. 
you know, if you spray lighter fluids, it's fast, it's hot, but it goes away quick. So you got to keep spraying that. So that's what carbs are. If you're on a carb-based diet, you need to do that. Once you don't have carbs in your diet or once you're fasting, you switch over to fat metabolism. And so many people say, oh, I can't fast because I'll lose muscle. But our body's not that stupid, as Jason Fung calls it. Like, you know, Dave, you like to go up to the mountains and, you know, you, you guys have a cabin and things. And so when the fire starts to go down, you don't break up the furniture and put it in the fire. You don't take the protein. You go out to the back and get the firewood. That's how our body is. So very interesting for people to understand that when you fast, and fasting is basically when you're not eating. Like right now, we're not eating, so we're fasting. There's a lot of different kinds of fasting. Uh, but in general, once you get through the first tough, what's called 48 hours, and that's when you switch from carb metabolism to fat metabolism, your hunger kind of goes away. And as long as you have enough water and electrolytes, you can go on and on. You could do that 40 days. I just had a patient. It was just kind of funny that, you know, I knew you were going to, you know, we're going to do this. I just saw him now. It took him six months, but he lost 101 pounds. And it was just kind of funny. I'm like, dude, are you like, you a plant here? Like he just came out. So my patients do it, but over a longer period of time. So but in general, you can do that. See, see, this is what I did when I was quote, head team physician, I would interpret all this stuff from all these smart people and cut it down to to one word answers that players and GMs and coaches would would want to hear about. So for Russell Kung, fasting for 40 days, is it possible? Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, he also taught and is it is it healthy? It can be, right? Yeah. If done the right way. The big thing, real quick, people always get, you know, they say, well, that's anorexia. That's bad. Anorexia nervosa is a bad thing. Anorexia nervosa is a psychiatric disease. That's not the thing. We're talking about timed eating. So you have to be kind of careful. But all the big ones, you know, Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, all recommend fasting. Fasting is fantastic, but it needs to be done safely. That's the big word. Now, and that was a big part of what Russell Okung said, that this was cleansing his body and his mind, and it was spiritual part of the fast. And so fasting, as you point out correctly, has been part of many, many religions over time and prolonged fasting. And so all, another thing religions put it in there. Yeah. And the other thing is you got to drink a lot of water. You got to do salt replacement, right, uh, for electrolytes. Right. And the amazing thing is your body adjusts and you're really not necessarily that hungry. Now, I can't imagine doing that. That's a tremendous amount of willpower, right? Uh, to well, be I think it do. also depends on who you're around. Like if he was like working in a bakery and his friends are all trying to give him stuff, it'd be a lot tougher. So a lot of it is the support that's around you. But um, yeah, well, he, he put up some pictures of, you know, uh, pancakes of his kids breakfast, right? right. <laughs> you know, the 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 old uh, what parents do, what I still do is, oh, the kid didn't finish that. I'll take the last bite kind of thing. You can't do any right. of that. I mean, so uh, bottom line is it's safe. It's possible. And indeed, you can lose 100 pounds that way. So everything Russell Okung is saying is actually possible. Possible then, slash true. There's no reason for medically to doubt it is impossible or necessarily unsafe, although certainly would recommend some sort of supervision. And when you're do. doing and the if other word, if you want word for the day is autophagy. So um, he got the uh, one of the docs got a Nobel Prize in uh, like 2016 
on basically realizing that when you fast, your body has a chance to repair itself. So it's incredibly good for chronic disease. And, and think about that day when we used to put people in the hospital, we'd make them NPO with IV saline. Well, that's essentially fasting with salt water. So, and a lot of our patients will get better in spite of us. And, and you could even argue that gastric bypass and all of those are just forced fasting. So I'm very excited for fasting. I, I like the idea that it's truly de democratic. Like you can fast if you're rich, you can fast if you're poor. Uh, but my opinion is to think about all the different ways that when you're eating, like what you eat, but it's also when you eat. And then the big thing is on mental clarity. You just feel better. And I use the uh, flip side is think about the last Thanksgiving when you had a big meal. Was that the time to take your SATs test? It wasn't. So you have an amazing mental clarity when you learn how to do timed eating. Now, um, no, I, I, absolutely here. So as you guys can tell, Jerry is very smart. And you can see where perhaps I started talking in analogies. It might have been from Dr. Ezon. You might have been the bad influence that makes me use analogies. But the other way around. I'm not sure. You think it's the other way around. But I'll add you one. So if carbs are lighter fluid, quick burning fluid, then fat stores are like barbecue briquettes, the coal, the 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 old school charcoal barbecue briquettes that right. are long burning, but it's hard to start. So you can't just cut off carbs for one meal or a day. That doesn't do anything for you. You've got to start the fat burning in your body. And that's either through fasting or the keto type things and other things. And it's hard to get those barbecue briquettes burning. But once they do, they can stay smoldering for a long period of time versus the carbs which is the lighter fluid. Uh, yeah, I think the takeaway on all this is people have options. You can fast for an hour, you can fast for a month, you can fast for a year, and all depends. So you have options, be very, very careful. There's a lot of good resources out there. And I encourage folks to question authority, like what should you eat, when should you eat, how much should you eat? You could argue that the nutritional side of all of the health is possibly like two thirds to 80%. So I'm excited for people especially with chronic diseases. We just did a diabetic camp. Uh, all of this is very exciting. We call it this uh, intensive dietary management. Again, safety first, but it is nice that there are options for folks. Yeah, and, and uh, now there's some new drugs coming on the market, right? Uh, that may help some of the appetite things too. But the best thing is, and I'll tie this together with orthopedics. I know you gotta go to patients here, but it's way healthier for an NFL player to lose 100 pounds than it is to put on 100 pounds afterwards, just for your heart, your whole body, your joints and whatever. And I think you heard me before this. There's sometimes that a player would say to me, doc, what's the best thing for my knee? I would say, lose 100 pounds and quit playing football. And they're like, no, 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 I'm not doing that. What about with playing football? Well, we scope it, we do this, we do that, we do the other. But uh, I'm glad that uh, Russell Okung and, and others like Nick Hardwick, Matt Burke, or whatever, have set some good examples that for people to lose weight, they're going to be healthier that way. Uh, being a 300-plus pound offensive lineman is not healthy. We weren't built that way. And uh, hopefully that's also a message that we'll get through there. So here's the, uh, the final thing. I'll say something, and I'll leave it for you to sign off. Dr. Ezon is part of the panel of doctors on Sports Injury Central, pro sports team physicians. This is where we get a lot of our insider knowledge from, not insider information. And this is how we do analysis for injuries or medical issues 
as part of Sports Injury Central. We're not here to report Russell Okung's weight loss or 40 days. We're here to analyze, interpret what it really means and how it works and that he's telling the truth. This is something that's out there and available as amazing as it sounds. So with that, I'll give you the last word before you go to see. Yeah, so um, and again, uh, I appreciate Dave having me on and things, but just uh, in my big push, I mean, I think, and I think this gets to be my little family medicine hat is that, you know, we do, I think in medicine, um, a less than optimal job on the chronic diseases. We're talking about heart disease, cancer, stroke, diabetes, Alzheimer's, and all of those are not pills, potions, or procedures. They're lifestyle medicine. And it starts with uh, nutrition. And as I take care of a lot of guys, and I kind of consider myself a guyologist, there's gynecologists, I'm kind of a guyologist taking care of all these uh, guys that sometimes are told to be symptom minimizers and, and don't complain. They just suck it up and do their job. But we do die younger than, um, than women. And so our goal is to get them to live a long and happy life. And I use this, and it doesn't necessarily make me that popular, but it kind of sometimes sets the tone is that I tell them, look, I've got big guys and I got old guys. I just don't have any old big guys. Like we got to get you lean and fit because you, when you're younger, you want to be big and buff. But as you get older, we're looking for longevity. You need to be long and lean. And you literally can recompose your body with the help, especially of a, like a sports professional or your family doctor or somebody that you trust that can help guide you through this. And uh, what's really, really nice is it's really worth it because then you can then de-prescribe a lot of the medicines. The better your life, style stuff, your nutrition, your activity, sleep, the less meds you're on and the healthier it can be. So it has been really, really tough, but the meds are, are now available. We have techniques, we have technology, but I think at the end of all of this, it's really going to be team-based care getting back to that. And so I'm very uh, happy that you use me as a resource. I'm happy to contribute and I wish everyone um, wellness. Well, there you go. And uh, Dr. Elon is so ahead of his time. I used to way back when I first met him, make fun of him for he put so much butter on his rice, but he was actually right. The more better, the better, just less rice. Right. And <laughs> yeah, the, the, the butter got blamed for what the rice did. <laughs> so, sounds good. The great Jerry Ezon, and that's actually what we call him. The great Jerry Ezon. Love him. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with the rest of the uh, Pro Football Doc Sports Injury Central podcast. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. 
That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, friends. Are you struggling to attract and retain top talent? If you're worried about recruiting and retention, consider Insperity, a leading HR provider. They'll help you improve hiring and compensation practices so you can spend more time growing your business and less time on HR. Visit Insperity.com and download their free ebook on how to build your dream team. Don't let a lack of talent hinder your success. See how Insperity provides HR that makes a difference at Insperity.com. Hey, parents. Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list, teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, and get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. Set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then learn about the world of money together. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast. All right. What do you guys think about the first part with Dr. Ezon? Too doctorish or interesting i mean you never, you never hear two doctors talking in a room behind your back so uh but <laughs> is that what it's like i mean I, there's so many terms i didn't i don't want to go to med school i'm out of i'm out of practice <laughs> well you know i'm probably the least doctorish doctor guy trying to use terms i mean i i don't know i i, I try not to use big terms dr Ezon's great um we have a lot of fun and I could go with him on the conversation, but in terms of the audience, I, I this is why I don't pull out models and point and things like that. Oh, you uh, hate to do it. We ask you to do it and you, you don't want to do it. You don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> he hates it. I mean, uh, like, I don't mind, but it, I don't, uh, look, if this is a med school lecture or a physical therapy lecture, yes, use models and use terms. This is everyday guy trying to figure out football or basketball or sports. I mean, I don't know that people are that interested in that. And I'd love to hear in the comments, either on this uh, YouTube or through Twitter, uh, replies that say, yeah, you want more of this or less of that. But the bottom line is this. I think most people had the reaction. This is why I wanted to have Dr. Ezon on. Um, A, give him some props related to DeMar Hamlin, which he deserved. Of course. And and, and DeMar Hamlin yesterday was on the field with a helmet for OTAs for the first time, like regular stuff. Just hasn't and done B, ads, which no one has, but yeah. Yeah, and B, uh, you know, I think a lot of people have the reaction. Fast for 40 days, he's lying. No, you can do that. And he talked about the spiritual side. And uh, it seems very, very extreme and obviously requires a lot of discipline and will to do so. I don't think I could do it. I don't know that I really want to try either. <laughs> <laughs> but but it is true. You get getting through the first... Uh, 48 hours is the is the hardest look back in uh i i don't do it as often now but i know back in uh, uh residency days there were many times that i i was in a bad habit of not eating breakfast and there was many times i didn't eat lunch and there's occasions i didn't eat dinner but if you're busy enough and don't think about it and you skip lunch a couple of days in a row you're actually not that hungry at noon yeah knowing I mean, your schedule now that doesn't surprise me doc <laughs> Schedule now. Nah, schedule now. I, I I live more leisurely now. I, I mean, kid stuff and time. Oh, now's more leisurely. 
<laughs> oh no <laughs> question. schedule in med school jeez <laughs> i mean even early in practice when i was doing all yeah. the teams hands-on and stuff i mean i never had time for lunch i mean <laughs> routinely it was at best on the go no time even for drive-through now Look, I wouldn't have time to do this podcast if I was trying to grind super hard like I yeah. used to and, and different things. Now, I know we bounce around to try and find time. But anyways, enough about all this silly <laughs> stuff. What do you want to talk about, guys? Uh, let's go to OTAs real quick. Just uh, some quick football stuff to catch up on. Uh, obviously, saw Chase Young out there wearing a brace on that uh, surgically repaired right knee. Uh, I think we point out in articles, and a lot of people don't know that he actually had two knees not two separate knee surgeries, but they had to go into two knees to repair that um, patella tendon, right, Doc? Yeah, patella tendon and the ACL, much more than just ACL. This is why last year, he's coming back, he's coming back. No, he's not. And, you know, he's a shell of himself at the end of last year. This year, does he have a chance? Look, I got to see him in some videos. I mean, it's very difficult, explosive player, right? And, uh, I would imagine they're going to line him up more on the left side to keep the healthy left outer knee as opposed to relying on the right knee to get around the edge. I don't know. This is where scheme can help him a little bit. Very difficult to play with a knee brace and be explosive. Um, you know, O-linemen don't need to be as explosive, but in college, most of the top 25 teams require braces on the offensive linemen, but they most don't require it on defensive linemen, uh, partly because it's harder to be explosive. Uh, we'll see. This is OTAs. Maybe he's just wearing the brace for OTAs and come game time, he will remove it. I've Doc, you believe this This is a reason why he uh, got his fifth-year option declined, right, this injury? Like, um, he has this year maybe, like you said, to get back to something. Josh Jacobs had his decline, and he obviously signed, so he gets a chance to come back. But it's a t- it's going to be a pretty t- big year for him if he can figure it out. Well, I'm not a cap expert, but, you know, the, the fifth-year option on DNs are not cheap, right? <laughs> and, right, uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, – that doesn't mean he's gone, right? I mean, they could re-sign him. I mean, kind of like Josh Jacobs, but yep. they weren't going to lock in until they saw something. So you can say all you want. Um, money talks, right? And um, look at the contract for Jimmy G that we talked about. The contract yep. dictated there was some worry, although I think he will uh, – they, they needed – the Raiders wanted downside protection right. in case, right? The contract speaks. The, the non-renewal speaks. Chase Young, prior to this knee injury, there's no question that he would have gotten the fifth-year option picked up. Right. So we'll see. I haven't seen any video of him moving around and how he does yet. Um, you know, but hope, if he needs a brace to play during the season, I think his sixth score is going to be significantly lower. I know right. Taylor's eagerly waiting a, a sack futures number for him, whatever, whatever that comes out to be. So. Yeah. <laughs> But you bring up a good point. This is video season that uh, it, we're pushing you to make these preseason predictions, and you're always telling us, <laughs> I need to see video of them. I can. Well, I'm, I mean, there, there, there's a head, range. Not the okay? same. Yeah. There's a range of how people can do. And, right. you know, if there's a range of here to here, the video will show us whether it's closer to here or closer to here. Right. Right. And uh, so the more data, the better the analysis. Like Brees Hall, we're getting a lot of videos of Brees Hall right yeah, now, right? So absolutely. Can, can... And 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 I do listen to what teams say, but 
just with a grain of salt or maybe right yeah a pinch of salt or more than a grain. ulterior motives going on uh yeah there's just look have you have you yet to hear one team say yeah this is the injury is not going well the most you <laughs> right. say is we're hopeful that he makes the start of training camp or the season but we're not guaranteed yet that's the optimistic. most negative that you'll get right <laughs> optimistic is optimistic. the best word <laughs> Yeah, everything is is up, up, up. News, good news, good news, good news. Right, and, and right. that's natural. People like to share good news rather than bad. And if there's a chance, someone you, you don't want to like doubt your players. They see that and say, yeah. "Oh yeah, he's done," and put negative thoughts in. So it's always positive. So, and we're right. not trying to be negative, just realistic. Like Brees Hall, you talk about all that video. He looks great. But there's no way he's 100%. You guys know this. I play this game yeah. all the time. When you send me video or this yep. guy, this guy, I don't remember if it's right knee or left knee. To this this second, I don't remember uh, Brees Hall was it right. I actually think just because I saw a video even yesterday, I think it was left knee, uh, that he's favoring the left knee. I play that game. Like, which side is it? You know, can you tell? Yep. And uh, if I can tell, and it's subtle, but – People have to understand these guys are superior, great athletes. Right. And that fraction of a difference at the high range distinguish someone from successful in the NFL. Look, a tenth of a second on Chase Young's pass rush dis- dis- distinguishes greatness versus just a guy. Right. Right. I mean, and uh, same uh, with running backs here. And, you know, when you're going on air, look, the defenders are top notch too. So, that's where you look at it. I think everyone can get fooled. Oh, look, he, he looks great. He looks great. So far, he looks really good, but uh, I'm not ready to say that he's got a uh, high ceiling and draft him where all the ADPs expect him to be. I think we're still on a wait and see and potential downgrade. On that positivity note, Dennis Allen this week said he, he loves where Michael Thomas is at in the recovery. They're, they're never going to say, uh, yeah, we're not sure about him. <laughs> like like an attorney we love good okay let's here's here's the meter <laughs> high low we yeah. love where the recovery is right yeah now. yeah that recovery word's the key <laughs> i mean I mean he's not there okay yeah. i mean uh great. Derek Carr just spoke about him too in good terms too so it sounds like they have a little uh pr yeah, they, gotta, they gotta make friends it's Mike their Thomas first year with him is. so yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, do you hear uh, and look? Do you hear anything negative coming out about uh, Bryce uh, Love? I mean, oh, he's doing. Uh, yeah, we wish you had Aaron here still. No. Oh, Jordan, Jordan, <laughs> Jordan, Jordan Love. Love. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Bryce, Jordan Love. Jordan Love. Jordan Love. Sorry, Bryce Young. Jordan Love. Whatever. <laughs> um, anyways, Jordan. Edit that. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, so yeah, do you hear anything negative coming out about Jordan Love in in uh, in Green Bay? Like we wish we had Aaron still. No, you're only going to hear the positive sides right. about Jordan Love, and uh, you know in New York, all you hear is, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers changed the culture of the locker room since he's been here and right. everything. This yep. I mean, have you really had much locker room? It's OTAs, I guess, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, a tiny bit. Yeah, yeah, it's. It's good. It's let's all be positive. Look, I, I get a kick out of uh, major outlets, and I'm not picking on ESPN. But if you took, uh, it can be uh, SB Nation. It could be anybody. 
you took their main beat reporter for a team and projected the wins and losses. If you add them all up, it's not 500, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. Yes. (laughs) But we're already tracking the shuffle on the offensive line, too. I know the Jets O-line is one we have our eye on, especially with Dwayne Brown's shoulder history. But uh, for the Cowboys, Terrence Steele coming off that multi-ligament, I believe it's ACL, MCL tear, um, near the playoffs. I don't know if it was in the playoffs. But uh, it's already coming out that he's moving inside. ACL, MCL, medial patellofemoral ligaments, a kneecap. And yes, he's moving inside for several reasons. And we talked about it prior to the official maybe moving inside. It's hard to be on the edge. Look, last year, you mentioned the Jets. We said Mekhi Becton, I think he needs surgery there on his right knee that was dislocating the kneecap, et cetera. And he did not have it. And so were we wrong? Okay, maybe. But he ended up moving to the other side so his inside power need that rotates could be the healthy one. But even then, he very promptly, very early, re-injured it and ended Mm -hmm. up having surgery. Terrence Steele had surgery. MPFL holds the kneecap in place two major ligaments. That's hard to play on the edge. Easier to play in the middle. Now, part of it, undoubtedly, before people say it, is Cowboys have luxury. They have the two Smiths, right, that right. can play tackle. So they can put one on one side and one on the other, the vet and the, the young guy. And so yes. there's the luxury of using Terrence Steele on the inside some. And uh, so I think that's a smart move um, for the the team but even then i don't know that he's 100 percent. but the move inside probably will help the knee but of course it's a different position um one player i wanted to ask about uh dalvin cook was just informed today that he's going to be released from the vikings um his shoulder issues do you have any problem do you think teams are going to have problems with that or is he going to immediately be everybody's top guy to find in the running back room right now miami dolphins there's multiple people that are already looking at him well, I mean, this seems like the longest divorce ever, right? I mean, yeah, <laughs> it was in January when they said that we're going to say bye-bye to you. We'll let you know when, and now they did, right? It's been well, a couple months now. You know, when the PR department gets the memo, you know, <laughs> and yeah. they're not featuring him on, on any of the promotions, you know. Yeah. I, I tell you, this will show you how old I am. In 1999, have we had Darren but- Bennett on or, or the Aussie punter that sort of changed the game? I don't, we might have no, I don't believe so. Not that I remember. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, my friend Darren Bennett, he was he was a Aussie rules football star. You know, the old, uh, you know, referees doing this and, you know, yeah. and, and kickers, everyone kicked the ball there and everyone tackled the hit and ran. Like he wasn't like just a kicker there. And he changed the game with the Aussie rules punt and everything. But I remember he was on our team and uh, we got announced the year before in 1998 that in 1999, we were going to play a preseason game in Sydney, Australia. And, mm-hmm. and I remember my and others kidding him, I guess, I guess we know you're resigned and you're not cut. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, he was the only Australian player at the time in the NFL. We're going to go, <laughs> Tab to play in Australia, I think can't let him go. Pretty, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <pretty> safe there. <laughs> yeah. So when PR gets the message, you know. So, anyway, but in terms of shoulder, he's a running back. 
he played through even with the shoulder. I think the shoulder surgery helps him. I'm not worried about it. We're not worried about Justin Herbert's left non-throwing shoulder surgery. Right, and he right. showed up at training camp. I'm not worried about Dalvin Cook. Now, does this, this mean teams are going to jump all over this and pay him a ton of money? I don't know. People always worry about, I'm telling you, there, there's, there's, there's a built-in worry of why did that team let him go? Right. And, and there's, there's always that worry and running backs, as everybody knows, have kind of been devalued, right, wronger, indifferent. So I don't know how big the marketplace will be. And, and Dalvin Cook is how old now? I mean, I mean, 28, people, I believe. Yeah. You have Ezekiel yeah. Elliott, Kareem Hunt, and Leonard Fournette still on the market right now. And that adds to Dal- Dalvin Cook. Adds to that. Like, like you said, the market right now for running backs is devalued for sure. And Barkley and Jacobs still haven't signed their franchise tenders yet. Because those are extremely high, right? So like, team, teams are in the both. It's a weird position to be giving money out to right now, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, look, the running back and the agent want a long-term deal for protection, right? right. And teams don't want to give the long-term deal for their protection. get stuck in them. Yeah. Right. I mean, look everybody at- remembers Todd Gurley, right? <laughs> well, but uh, Todd Gurley had an arthritic knee coming out of college. They yeah. just, yeah, people want to remember Todd yeah. but, <laughs> yep. but you know, I mean, look at other sports. I'm sure you guys will ask about it since you're a San Diego State guy, Steven Strasburg. I mean, right, a lot of years left on that contract still. Uh, a lot baseball, of money, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, let's go, let's go through Strasburg real quick with you, Doc. So, 2018, they said he had some tightness in his neck, they injected Botox in the offseason to shut down the muscle and uh, alleviate some scar tissue. Next season, he pitched great, went on to win the 2019. Uh, World Series MVP 2020. He still had some uh, some kind of stinger feelings zap when he threw uh, underwent a carpal tunnel. But he's saying now that he doesn't think he ever should should have went underwent the carpal tunnel because he had neurogenic thoracic outlet syndrome surgery the following year, and he thinks that was the original surgery he should have gotten because now he has nerve damage. They're not sure if he's going to pitch again. I, I threw yeah. a lot at you, but what what is what does that mean going forward for him? First of all, let's break this down one step at a time. Botox for thoracic outlet syndrome. Botox, obviously cosmetics, it paralyzes muscles. And mm-hmm. so when you have certain wrinkle lines and whatever, it paralyzes muscles, but temporarily. Right. So an off-season Botox is interesting to me. Uh, it, Why do you need to... the it's theorized that part, and not to get medical, the part of the anterior scalene muscle entraps either the vessel or the nerve, in this case, nerve. So if you relax that muscle, perhaps, the, and that muscle that inserts on the first rib, there's more room. So Botox could make sense. Botox in the off-season, you probably need it if it worked in the off-season. It doesn't last into the regular season. Maybe he had repeat and just didn't talk about it. Yeah. Um, at this point, I'm very concerned about Steven Strasburg for his career. And the reason why is the words nerve damage are being used. Damaged nerves rarely come back. Injured nerves can come back. Compressed nerves can come back, not guaranteed to. 
but damaged nerves rarely come back. I mean, uh, not to harp on or go back to Jalen Smith's perineal nerve years ago, and we've talked about that over time and and the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, that made him go from a, you know, a a Hall of Fame trajectory projection, you know, generational linebacker to a guy, you know, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if he's on a team now or not, but kudos to him for doing something in the NFL with that. But nerve damage doesn't recover. And if they're using the words correctly, you have to assume his career is over, unfortunately. Forget the age. What is he, 30-something, four, seven? I don't know. 34, yeah. 34. 34, But he's still got a contract being paid for years. There's also something called a double crush syndrome where – Think of it this way. If nerves are, let's say, Highway 5 here in San Diego, if there's a car accident going south in Carlsbad and a second one in Del Mar, that congestion is a lot worse to get through there when there's two traffic accidents, okay, rather than one. So that's simplistic double crush. So if he had something at the wrist and something up high here, that makes it potentially worse. Uh, Should he have had the carpal tunnel versus the other? I I don't know. I I mean, I wasn't there and examined him. And uh, hindsight's always 20-20. But the fact that they're using the words nerve damage would have to say that he's unfortunately done. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. I think it's safe bet that nerve damage is never a good term, right? And there's two types of thoracic outlet, neurogenic nerves, vascular, uh, which is the uh, more related to the artery cutting off blood flow uh, and more temporary. But usually the first rib resection surgery, there aren't a ton of examples, but there are some, is very successful. You could call the success rate as high or higher in the recovery timeline quicker typically than even Tommy John surgery. But in this case, who knows, double crush something or the length of time, but uh, too bad. But, you know, he had a good career. Yep. Well, let's uh, talk about sleeper picks, our new uh, promotion that we're experimenting with and going to push in football season. But uh, off to a pretty good start in the playoffs so far. Uh, props didn't hit yesterday, but 10 and three now over the last uh, five NBA playoff games. And, 10 and uh, three in props. And I think you got, I think we've hit what uh, over half of the, the three out of five days. parlays. Yeah. I believe, oh, three yeah. out of five parlays. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 10 and three on the individual props. But right. uh, the, the reason why sleeper intrigues me and, and some of these others underdog and prize picks and yes, go to SIC score or just use uh, go to sleeper. Uh, sleeper picks and put in SIC code word and get a hundred dollars free matching. So if you get a hundred dollars free matching and you use the hundred free dollars on one of these three-way parlays, that's what potentially $600 depending on the, 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 uh, the parlay. And what you guys educated me on, and I didn't know is sleeper and prize picks in some of these places are legal in California and, and in a lot of States where, Sports wagering is not legal yet, right? But the this uh, parlay 
of props is legal um, for uh, in in the vast majority of states. So, uh, and the other thing I think it turns out is that although we do fine and do well, and you know the the outkick picks have been traditionally pretty darn good, right? Up at fifty nine percent across three or years um, against the spread. One running back, even if he's a star, one wide receiver, or if they're a star, doesn't necessarily translate to the entire team, winning or losing always, depending on the backup. But it certainly translates a lot more directly to props. And that's where we've done well on props. So I think this sleeper stuff uh, will be good and get your free $100, put in SIC. We're still playing with it, but I think our injury analysis to get advantageous numbers are even more powerful for props than it is for overall teams per se. Uh, And so far you guys are are showing it using the injury analysis. So SIC code word at sleeper and uh, you can sign up and play along. And right now all the articles there, they're free. Uh, You're showing everyone what we're doing, showing your work. So uh, good good job and it's not and uh it's not just it's the domino effects of one injury versus uh just pure injury etc yeah we'll have our picks on the website ahead of uh game four as the series stays in miami um i'm sure people play fantasy on sleeper through the app so it's it's the same app just a different tab on the app the sleeper picks so mm-hmm. you head over and check it out uh, we got to see Tyler and, and Hero. And the pressure's right? on. Don't don't drop to five hundred. You're three out of five right now. On I know. Picks. Ten you guys said no pressure. Overall, three out of five. You, don't pressure's you, on. Don't drop to five hundred. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> I did want to go back to um, baseball real quick before um, Xander Bogarts and his wrist. Um, another you know San Diego State kid, Strasburg. Now we go to San Diego Padres. Um, he's not. He wasn't in the lineup Wednesday. He hasn't been in the lineup since uh, his last game, June 3rd. Um, there's obviously this looming gloom about an IL stint potentially, but what what would be needed if he is going to go on IL stint? What kind of shots? What What's going on with his wrist? Well, look, uh, <clears throat> obviously we're rooting for the Padres. My son loves the Padres. Right. I love the Padres rooting for them. But if you just look at the fact pattern here, it's not great. Um he apparently, for seven years, he's had one quarter zone injection a year, and that takes care of any lingering wrist issue he has. He has not specified what that issue is. It certainly appears to be on the ulnar side of his wrist or the outside, either TFCC cartilage or tendon, or perhaps wear and tear in the wrist, but it's on the outside of the wrist. Why? Because when he was hit with the pitch back in April, when uh he took off his glove and he already had some sort of uh, uh, wrist hand slash uh, sleeve slash wrap on there. And it, that's where it was. But this year he had the cortisone injection during spring training. And he says it resolved everything. But then when he got hit in mid-April, it started a chain reaction to flare things up. He did get hit over that area in mid-April. And prior to that, he was lights out. He was probably the only Padre that was lights out. And since that, he had 347, yep. Yes, yeah. So the difference now is 
he's being told uh, that he can't get another cortisone injection until the all-star break. And I don't know the specific circumstances. There are times that, you know, with informed consent and depending on the type of cortisone injection and the location that we've done it closer together. Uh, I'm not trying to know his situation. and I'm certainly not trying to uh, criticize the Padres team physicians. Uh, I think it's in some ways admirable to be better safe and overly safe. Uh, but my style was always more, here are the downside risks, here's the upside risk, do you want to do it? I mean, look, right. we know we let Philip Rivers, with informed consent, play six days after an e-scope with a torn ACL. That's right. not normal, okay? Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't force anyone to do that. It was Philip driving that, and he also was a not mobile quarterback. At a running back, he couldn't do it. As a, in most any other position, he couldn't do it. But that's probably outside the box. But I would say that's part of sports medicine, looking at each individual circumstance. So if no cortisone, rest. He said no surgery. Sure, eye stim therapy or platelet-rich plasma. Well, if he got a platelet-rich plasma, look at Aaron Judge. Platelet-rich plasma means 10-day IL. Right. At least, right, yeah. At yeah. least. So... Maybe he got a PRP. Maybe he didn't. But let's say he got a PRP. That, to me, means 10-day IL, at least. Now, of course, he hasn't yet, but they can retro. And I don't know that he's gotten a PRP injection. Right. Not even released but yet. Yeah. if he didn't get a PRP injection, he got hit in mid-April. It's been on a downward spiral through May. Now we're June. So a handful of days of rest is going to solve it? Uh, were, they not, like were they not icing and stimming and doing therapy all along? Yeah, they're not. I mean, changing sure they were. Them. I mean, yeah. you know, it clearly was bothering him and it got to a point where he couldn't do it. So I would assume he was already getting all the training room treatment. So even if he wasn't, is three, four or five days of training room treatment going to turn an injury that's been weeks around yeah i would assume he's already having it now he's having more so that's why i look at it i would be surprised if he doesn't go on il but i don't know i'm not an expert on the padres farm system but part of the reason you go on il is you want to bring someone else up maybe there's no one else to bring up you know and and you're hoping bogarts can come back on that ninth or tenth day and, and so you hold off i don't know um, from a contract standpoint, uh, Doc, they gave him 11 years and $280 million. Um, Is there anybody at fault from the front office end or, you know, look scouting or whatever? Because he said it's a seven-year issue. So, obviously, this had to have been translated to the front office when they were giving him the contract and going through the details. Um, this is like – it's not a Korea situation, right? But, I mean, it he obviously is, has something. It is absolutely somebody's fault if it wasn't considered or known about mm -hmm. period end of discussion that's the gm's job that's the team's job it's the team doctor's job but there's no reason to think that they didn't know about it and a lot of times you make decisions on injuries etc and what you're comfortable with and not comfortable with carlos correa the, the the giants weren't comfortable at that number 
more comfortable at a lower number. The same with the Mets, and then he ended up back in Minnesota. Right. It's not black and white. Uh, look, if they didn't know about it and didn't consider it before offering the contract, someone's at fault. Period. End of discussion. If they did consider it and took the calculated risk or felt it would be okay based on the information at the time, that's not unreasonable. If you, I mean, the other side you could say is, okay, he's had this for seven years, but every year one quarter zone injection took care of it. Why are you not going to sign this guy? I, I can get that right. thinking. But there's also the other thinking that if it's worked for seven straight years, at some point it gets worse. At yeah. some point, the core zone is less effective. Right. And then what? I mean, I would assume they asked that question internally. Mm-hmm. So I'm not here to throw darts at that. But no, if absolutely. news breaks that they didn't consider the risk before the contract, then yes, there's something to potentially criticize. But mm-hmm. I got to think that they did, right? Yeah. And did they assess it correctly? There are a lot of times there's risk. And we've talked about times where... Like we've signed players with the Chargers that have health issues. Now, I wasn't always jumping up and down and saying, look, there are times that I got blamed. I think, why'd you sign this guy? He ended up getting hurt. Well, I told him that I probably <laughs> You're like, I, yeah. <laughs> You're like, you I know, said. <laughs> the, the GM, I, I won't even say the GM overruled me. I don't even have a vote. I just provide information, you know, and the GM and the team decides. They decided the upside and the risk was worth it. You know? Yep. I got two nominees for a Beast of the Week for you guys. Uh, first one mentioning that playing after a torn ACL, Duke baseball player MJ Metz hit three home runs during the uh, com- conference regional tournament um, on a torn ACL six days after. So also not mobile like uh, like Philip Rivers. You just have to trot around the bases if you hit it that deep. But that's pretty impressive. Is he right or left-handed? Is was it right or left knee? Right-handed, I think, it was right knee. Interesting. That 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 makes it a little bit harder. Yeah. But the bottom line is, kudos to him. I mean, I'm sure he wore an ACL brace right on his knee, um, yeah. and he obviously is just a great hitter. Kudos to him. But that's kind of the the Philip Rivers thing. There's certain things you can do with a torn ACL. I feel like we've heard this before, too. Yeah, I feel like we've heard home runs ACL before. Yeah, I mean, look, hockey players can actually play hockey without an ACL because they have a crouch knee gait and and so forth. Right, yeah. Uh, And that's obviously a very active sport. But you can't put them out in center field. And, uh, you know, my guess is, uh, you know, if it's a key situation and he's on base, he gets pinch run run for, right? Yep. But if he hits home run every time, then he just trots around the bases and there's no worry, right? Uh, uh, so congratulations to him. No no, no question. Uh, second one is from the Chiefs visit to the White House this week. I don't know if you guys saw it. There's a clip of I did. <laughs> them taking a photo with uh, President Biden. Uh, Mahomes and Kelsey were taking a photo with him. And then there's kind of some dead time. And Kelsey saw his opportunity and just walked up to the podium and says, yeah, I've been waiting a long time for this. <laughs> Now, let me ask you this question. Was that spontaneous that Patrick Mahomes took him out of there? Or was there a little bit of a plan or is it somewhere in between? It looked like a plan. It, it looked, looked kind of scripted at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. But you know the significance of that, right? 
The significance is not taking the podium. What's the significance of that? But Kelsey setting up a political career? No. <laughs> it's the seal of the president that was on the podium. Ah. That's the no-no. Yeah, you it's can't, not a no-no for people to speak yeah. at the podium at the White House. People have done that before. It's the president's seal. Yeah. But that yeah. presidential seal gets removed. You don't get to stand behind the presidential seal. Yeah. They took it off right. Did you see the video? They took off the seal right after, right after the last part of the video. So I'm taking off the seal. Right, because they said, yeah. okay, we're not going to let this happen again. That's, yeah. That's yeah. the deal. <laughs> okay. For example, um, is the president's plane always called Air Force One? Uh, it's whatever plane he's on, correct? Well, yeah, whenever he's on. Yeah, that's what I thought. The yeah. exact same Air Force One plane is not called Air Force One if it's deadheading or without the president. Right, right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, anyways. So, I'm sure people will fact check me on that, but that's my <laughs> civics understanding from grade school. <laughs> the SEAL thing's interesting. That makes me think it's, like, less scripted now because I didn't even notice that until the end. And I don't know if anybody really knows that, what you just said. That's not a really, that's not a layman way of thinking, I don't think. Like, I would never think about that SEAL thing. Really? See, the video analysis yeah, goes beyond yeah. sports. Oh, it's way beyond sports, yeah. <laughs> Got fasting knowledge, what? civics knowledge, all the above. No, it's the Joey. SEAL that was the big deal. Yeah. Like, you can take yeah. the podium at the White House anytime you want. You wanted to give an impromptu, but it's the SEAL that made it the big deal. Yeah. Like, hearing that for the first time and then watching the video again and them taking the SEAL off right after, I'm just like, it has. this is it, yeah. <laughs> all makes well, sense I don't know. Now. I don't know how <laughs> scripted it was. Or Look, and, yeah, and yeah. Look, even if it wasn't completely strict, scripted, Travis Kelsey may have known someone was going to come get him. Yeah. He, did, did he have yeah. something to say? Really, after uh, I've been waiting for this for a long time, did I don't think he did. I don't think he did. I mean, he just got the quick photo op, and he was fine. <laughs> come, you know, coming off, but uh, all all good there. Uh, his, Patrick Mahomes trying to, you know, help a brother out, <laughs> being the savior like always. Yeah, <laughs> no, it made it funny, and it was all good, and you know, no, no, no harm, no foul. It's not like he dented the dented the Super Bowl trophy trying to bunt or anything. No, just. <laughs> <laughs> That did happen. All right. Thanks for watching uh, Pro Football Doc Sports Injury Central podcast. Check out the sleeper picks uh, and a lot of baseball ones coming. So, uh, you know, take advantage of the free $100 SIC promo code. And uh, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff for that this year with sleeper, even underdog prize picks, whatever's most advantageous. Uh, I'm surprised. I mean, look, I'm not a gambler, so I didn't really know about this part. So, but. I've got a lot of friends that gamble, and I'm surprised how few of those guys know about this world. Yeah. So hopefully we it's can a new educate. world. Yeah. yeah, educate it. All the cool kids like you guys know about it. All the old guys. Yeah. Know about yeah. Why are you gonna say yeah there? I mean, yeah. No, because like I totally agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, right. it's not like a we can't teach you new tricks. We'll be able to teach you this trick. Oh, so here's color. <laughs> cut him off. But more. <laughs> More ageism. All right. Yeah. All right. Thanks for watching and uh, go to SICscore.com for the latest. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. 
No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey friends, are you struggling to attract and retain top talent? If you're worried about recruiting and retention, consider Insperity, a leading HR provider. They'll help you improve hiring and compensation practices so you can spend more time growing your business and less time on HR. Visit insperity.com and download their free ebook on how to build your dream team. Don't let a lack of talent hinder your success. See how Insperity provides HR that makes a difference at insperity.com. Hey parents, Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list, teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, Kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, and get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. Set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then learn about the world of money together. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast.